0: Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and I'm excited to start my podcasting journey with all of you. This podcast is a way for me to both advance my knowledge of the sport, and hopefully some of you guys' as well. Seeing the Super Bowl pass just a couple weeks ago, I figured the best place to start would be a mock draft. So let's get right on into it. So this mock draft is going to be a what I would do mock draft. I'm putting myself in the chair of each NFL GM and doing what I believe would be best for the team. I'm not trying to do a predictive of what they're going to do. And I'm expecting to see a lot of change from, honestly, now until next week with the combine and then the free agency. Obviously, a lot of these holes are going to be going to be filled, but... I just wanted to get out what my current evaluation of these prospects are. So starting off, number one overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I have selecting tackle Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Now the big debate here is edge or tackle, or the first big debate. Do you want to go with someone who can change your defense in Aiden Hutchinson, or do you want to protect your future in Trevor Lawrence? And I believe this year, after the mess of last year with Urban Meyer's regime. You need to make sure that Trevor develops into the quarterback that he can become, and he's not going to do that behind this current offensive line. Now, the debate then becomes between the top three tackles, Cross, Neal, and um, Iquanu. And I believe Cross should be the pick because he's the best pass protector. He's coming from Mike Leach's air raid offense, which Asked him to drop back a bunch. And really didn't rely on him to be a force in the run game. Uh, right now, it's not, Cross's knock is that he's not much of a factor in the run game. He's not a body movie. He's not this athletic freak. And yeah, he's not going to be as athletically gifted as Evan Neal and Iki Kwanu. But he's a much more solid pass protector right now. And I believe he will stay the best pass protector. But also develop a lot more in the run game beyond what he currently is all right number two we got the detroit line selecting Derek stingley jr out of lsu and this is another probably surprising pick to a lot of you but when you look at this cornerback class versus edge class this edge class is so much deeper and Derek stingley's upside is just through the roof what we saw him doing as a true freshman at lsu was just never done before and these last two years have been derailed a bit by injuries covid but he should be able to get back to his potential and i believe he will and that is a lockdown corner he's just able to stick on men like lou and follow them around and you don't even have to worry about that side of the field when he's on it And locking that up with Jeff Okuda, I believe, will just make the pass rush better just on its own. And they have the 32nd pick and the second overall pick in the second round. So I believe that they're going to be able to adjust the edge when they get along to there. Now this becomes like a dream scenario for the Texans sitting there at number three as they get to draft Edge Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. He is many people's number one player on their boards and there's a big reason why this guy is gonna blow up the combine with some of the numbers he produces he's big strong fast physical he's already got some pass rush moves right out the gate and he's gonna be solid right away six seven sack guy like has a floor and he's got a lead upside to be double digit sack here for years to come next up Next up, we got the Jets picking uh, Alabama tackle Evan Neal. And the debate here, I believe, should be between, be between just kind of like how the Jaguars have between tackle and edge. This time, though, you're debating Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. And I believe Evan Neal would be the better pick for a similar reason why I had the Jags picking Evan Cross. Or Charles Cross, my bad. And you need the help. Zach Wilson develop and become a better player, and while Thibodeau make make your team better right now, I believe Edvin Neal's is going to help give protection and anchor down, give bookend, be a solid bookend to go along with, uh, what's his face? Makai Banked oh my gosh, that took me a second. It's gonna be—he's gonna be great alongside or opposite of Mackay Beckton, giving Zach Wilson the a more similar line to what he had at BYU. You got to remember, he went from relative to competition, an amazing offensive line at BYU to one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. So getting Mackay back, Beckton back healthy, and Evan Neal along on the opposite side should help Zach Wilson develop. Next up, we got the Giants at number 5, also going tackle, this time taking Ikka out of NC State. Um, he is just an absolute body mover. He's strong, powerful. You put a guy in front of him and tell him to push, and he's going to push him out of the way. Hopefully clear up some lanes for Saquon, who hasn't had that yet. And he's solid as a pass protector. He's definitely got some work to go, but hopefully he can develop that under Brian Dable and that offense because the Giants really just need someone and it would be foolish of them to pass up such a potential generational talent in Ike McQuannum. All right, number six, we got the Panthers who are probably very disappointed that all the tackles are off the board already. Um, We'll see if this happens in real life, but... I feel like that they're gonna make a move to get one of these offensive linemen if they see it start falling down this way, because no way they can go into next year without upgrading the offensive line significantly. However, in this ca- scenario, they end up with the safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Um, he's the best player available back on or left on the board, and so you gotta pick him. He's an incredible talent, extremely versatile safety, and pairing him up with Jeremy Chen is just gonna give create one of the most unique defensive backfields that we've seen in quite a while. Alright, number seven. I got the Giants once again up, now taking Kayvon Thibodeau uh, out of Oregon. So he's a player that's kind of been actually falling recently for a lot of people. Uh, apparently he's got some sort of character like concerns. People I don't really know entirely. I obviously have never talked to the guy, but people are just worried that he's not going to be 100% there for all the plays. However, when he's there, he's there. He is an amazing pass rusher with length, incredible get off. He explodes off the snap. And he is already, like, I feel like he's probably going to be the best run defender out of these top um, edge rushers right away. He fills gaps well. He knows, sees the ball carrier coming and wraps him up. And he has the ability, once he starts adding a bit more moves to his arsenal, to become one of the league's best pass rushers. All right, next up, we got the Falcons at number 8. And I'm going to have them pick edge George Karloftis out of Purdue. Even before they cut Dante Fowler, the Falcons just had no one on the edge. And they really need someone. And George Karloftis can be just that. He's very versatile in more ways than one. He's able to win from inside and out as he proved, um, playing all the way from 5-tech to wide 9 outside linebacker at Purdue, and he has a lot of pass rush moves at his disposal. You want to see him kind of narrow in on some of them, as he's just, he's kind of right now like a jack-of-all-trades master of none, which works well in college, but he needs to really like define and iron out some solid moves to win consistently at the NFL. But I have no doubt he can do that with what he showed so far. All right. Broncos number nine, and this is where we're gonna have our first quarterback off the board. Having the Broncos pick Sam Howell, Junior out of UNC. And while he may have disappointed for some this year, what what quarterback didn't, he lost four NFL players from his offense. And so of course he's gonna take a step back. They also started running more RPO based uh, offense versus their vertical downfield offense that they were at his sophomore year. But he showed that he's able to produce and play well in both types of offenses. And the Broncos are just a quarterback away from being an um, amazing roster, like offensively, defensively. They have almost no holes. So they need to take their shot at one of these quarterbacks if they don't get Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, someone like that during free agency. And if they do get someone like that through trade, then <laughs> they won't have this pick to make anyways. Alright, number 10. I have the Jets going with wide receiver Drake London out of USC. He's a big body, physical receiver who's also a sneaky good route runner. And he's just going to, once again, you as the Jets, you want to make sure that Zach Wilson is has every opportunity to become the quarterback of the future. If you don't surround him with talent, similar to how you didn't surround Sam Darnold, he's going to fizzle out no matter how internally talented he is. So getting Drake London in the building to complement Corey Davis, who we saw in Tennessee is best as a number two. And who's that rookie? Elijah Moore. Right? Yeah, Elijah Moore should make a great one two three all right next up we got the washington commanders which is definitely going to take a second to get used to um number 11 overall i have them picking ahmad sauce Gardner out of cincinnati uh cornerback he's the best player available on the board right now and he's got that he did not allow a touchdown in his entire career at cincinnati and i know it's against lesser competition playing as a group of five school but that's still quite impressive. Like, not a lot of players you're going to see do that. Um, the Washington defense definitely underperformed last year, and at the beginning of the season, that had a lot to do with their cornerbacks not being up to snub. William Jackson definitely was a big part of that, and I believe taking Sauce Gardner should allow you to upgrade over Jackson, but still give him the chance to play as in nickel downs. All right. Next up, we got the Vikings at 12, picking Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Uh, He's definitely a smaller cornerback. He's uh, 5'11", I want to say. Let me double check. My notes are... Yeah, he's 5'11", and so a lot of teams are scared of that. But we've definitely seen this shift over with smaller corners, playing like uh, Darius Williams and DJ Reed, and they've been solid, and they're smaller than Trent McDuffie, and he's shown no reason why he can't produce at a high level in the NFL. All right, at number 13, we got the Browns selecting wide receiver Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Baker really needs a number one wide receiver, and for whatever reason, Odell didn't work there, but that doesn't mean... no one can uh, garrett wilson is what we see out of number one receivers in offensive right now he's not necessarily going to be the fastest guy on the field but he's going to be the best separator and he's got the ability to find the ball in the air and win downfield for baker mayfield something that this offense really needs right now all right number 14 we got the ravens selecting center tyler landerbaum out of iowa this guy is the best center prospect coming out in years he is just let me see what i got written down on him he's an elite elite athlete gets out in space peels off double teams um and finds guys to block he's not caught very often trying to find someone when he's out in space um, he would be best in his own offense And the Ravens run a gap read offense, power read offense most of the time. But I believe that if the Ravens are able to craft this entire running scheme around Lamar Jackson's strength, if they get an elite pulling guard like Tyler Linderbaum, they're going to use him in a way that is just uncommon in that scheme and find a way to maximize his strength just to make the run game even better. So moving on to pick 15, we got the Eagles with their first of back-to-back and first of four or first of their three in the next five. Yeah, that's the math. Uh, we got, I got them selecting cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. And he is a solid cornerback who should pair up nicely with Darius Slay. Um, Slate could be on his out in a couple years. He's getting older, going to be expensive. And Booth would do really well to learn under him and grow and develop there. Next up, the Eagles again, sl- this time selecting the Kobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia. Um, he's honestly a bit small for uh, the modern-day linebacker, which is constantly shrinking. So maybe in a couple years he won't be. But he's only six foot two twenty. But he's fast, explosive, gets to the ball carrier, um, great at recognizing screens, mixed directions. He understands NFL or college offenses, and you expect that he continues his film study to be able to understand the same thing in um, the NFL. And the Eagles, just every year, they seem to need linebacker. Maybe after selecting N'Kobe Dean, they won't for a while. And at pick 17, I have the Chargers selecting tackle Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. And this guy converted from tight end two years ago and is now one of the best tackles in football. He obviously would be switching over to the right side with Slater at the left, but he already made the jump from tackle or from tight end to tackle, so he should be able to do that as well. Um, Brian Bulaga is constantly heard. He's expensive. Don't be surprised to see them move on from him. And if they do, and Raymond's sitting there, he would be an instant upgrade over Storm Norton or whoever else they have plugging that gap. And with pick number 18, I have the Saints selecting wide receiver Jameis Williams out of Alabama. Um, He did tear his... ACL in the national championship which is really sucks for him because he could have been a top receiver he's this year's Jalen Waddle or Henry Ruggs maybe not quite the same upside as them but he's just the elite deep threat out of Alabama somehow they're just chugging him out year after year and pairing that up with Michael Thomas you got Michael Thomas working underneath Jamison Williams whoo, working above and if they bring back Jamison Winston I've Think these two would love playing for each other. Jameis Winston loves throwing that deep bomb, and you got Jamison Williams with the great speed. Plus, the names are kind of similar, so that's always fun. All right, Eagles at number nineteen. I have picking Ed Travon Walker out of Georgia. Uh, you're likely losing Barnett. Brandon Graham's not getting any younger. They need to bring in some new replacements or new guys right now, and. Trevon Walker is a powerful edge rusher, uh, bull rusher, not much of a finesse guy, but he can definitely learn under Graham and Sweat, and after a couple of years, when Brandon Graham is retiring or maybe moving on to a new team, he can take over and be the true uh, alpha pass rusher on that team. At pick number 20, I have the Steelers selecting uh, Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty. This is no surprise to anyone who saw the way Mike Tomlin was looking at him during the senior role. Uh, the Steelers need a quarterback big time. ooh Big time without Ben. And Malik Willis checks all the boxes that a lot of... Well, not all the boxes, but checks a lot of boxes that... NFL teams are now looking for in quarterbacks with the emergence of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, these raw, toolsy guys, someone like Trey Lance, who, if they get good coaching, then they could explode and be one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and obviously teams are confident in themselves and their coaching ability. You're going to need to teach Malik Wills a lot, and he might not even start in this first season. He's very raw at reading defenses. He's one of the first-read quarterbacks. He sees if his first read is covered up, he's just going to scramble off and go, and that works a lot in Liberty, but is that going to work in the NFC North? Uh, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. All right, we got the Patriots selecting at... Pick number 21, linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. He's a do-it-all linebacker. He can blitz. He can cover. He can run stuff. He's a very versatile for a middle linebacker. He does it all. And, you know, Belichick's going to have a field day working with a chess piece like this in the middle of his defense. He loves having those strong linebackers. And with Donta Hightower, uh, Jerome Bentley, and... Jamie Collins, all expected to hit free agency. You ought to expect at least one or two of them to leave, and Devin Lloyd can just come back, come in and plug that gap. All right, at pick number 22, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, selecting Chris Alave out of Ohio State. He's a great route runner with good speed. He can be take a lot of pressure off this offense and be the third option, but the true number one outside receiver for Derek Carr. Um, You always see Carr has been at his best when he has solid outside receivers. You saw it with uh, Amari Cooper in 2016, Nelson Aguilar two years ago, Henry Ruggs before the tragedy. And he struggles when he doesn't have these outside options. But with Chris Olave working the outside and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller working underneath, this offense could be quite scary with Like a true number one wide receiver, added on top. All right, pick number twenty three. We got Kenyon Green, guard, out of Texas A and M. And one of the big downfalls for Arizona is just being kind of squishy up the middle, and that's especially dangerous when you play Aaron Donald twice a year. Kenyon Green. Obviously, it's a big ask to block Aaron Donald, but he should be an upgrade over what they currently have. He's strong, flexible. He's versatile. He can play left, right. um, Yeah, and he should just fill a big need for them right there up the middle. Next up, we got the Cowboys picking interior defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. Um the top two defensive linemen in this draft are going to be Wyatt and his teammate. Who? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, big guy Lewis. Davis. Ham and Jordan Davis are going to be the top two defensive tackles, and um, you see a lot of people saying Davis is going to go first, and there's but then there's been a lot of pushback recently. Davis is a two-down defensive tackle who's going to be great against the run, but not really much more than that. Devontae Wyatt, on the other hand, is going to be a finessey, pass-rushing, smaller defensive tackle. And pairing that with uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, they bring back Randy Gregory. I don't think they have the cap to do that unless they trade off DeMarcus Lawrence. But either way, you got a chance of having three good-to-great We're good to elite pass rushers on that defensive line, defensive front, and just causing havoc to opposing offensives, forcing quarterbacks to throw it even faster, throwing it to Trayvon Diggs, as we know catches just about everything thrown his way. Pick number 25, we got the Buffalo Bills selecting Traylon Burks out of wide receiver out of Arkansas. He is big, he is fast. He's 6'3", 225, probably going to run somewhere in the four fours, maybe 4'3's four at the combine next week. Um, he is primarily, or he was primarily a slot playmaker, but at the next level, I believe he can be more than that. I think kind of like Justin Jefferson, he's nowhere near the same level of route runner of him. So it's probably more, he's more of DK Medcalf. But if D.K. Metcalf played the slot in college. But if Josh Allen was throwing to Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Traylon Burks, there's no way opposing teams are going to be able to cover all three of them and worry about Josh Allen as a rushing threat. So I just think that just... They're already one of the top offensive in the NFL. And with Traylon Burks, I don't know how anyone's going to be able to stop them. And with Pick number 26 we got the tennessee titans selecting edge david ojabo out of michigan harold landry is likely on his way out maybe they franchise tag him keep him around one more season but i think it's important to get someone like david ojabo because even if they somehow manage to keep um landry along for the long run but dupree's inconsistent in play and health so it's important to get someone like ojabo in who is going to be a pass rush specialist at the beginning he's not really a run stuffer he's not gonna he doesn't play as strong against the run as he does the pass he's a finesse speed rusher type that's gonna bend around the corner beat you with a cross rip stuff like that and he looks good he's got um some solid moves already despite he only starting playing football five years ago so the titans like to take kind of these riskier picks these last couple of seasons going with a couple guys with injuries and caleb farley jeffrey simmons now they're going with a raw raw player with a lot of upside and i feel like they would be ecstatic to be picking him right here at 26. so next up we got the buccaneers picking at number 27. i got them picking wide receiver george pickens out of georgia and this is a lot higher than i've been seeing a lot of people say but uh He was just explosive as a freshman. Like Looked like he was guaranteed going to be one of the top receivers in the draft. And since then, he's kind of had to deal with health, which is obviously a big concern. But if you're willing to take that risk, I think the Buccaneers would be a great fit for him. He is going to be similar to Mike Evans, which has his upsides, but it's also his downsides. Uh, Mike Evans, though, isn't getting any younger. So I believe that getting Pickens now, teaching him the offense, teaching Having Mike Evans teach him how to win in similar ways will help Pickens grow and develop and eventually take over for Mike Evans when he's on his way out, if they can't afford him in a couple of years. At 28, I have the Packers selecting the edge, Jermaine Johnson II out of Florida State. Uh, this was a guy who blew up the senior bowl. Like He had some buzz, like second, third round, and just when he showed up, he was just... Getting pass rush wins left and white. Left and right. Um, the Packers are likely cutting both of the Smith brothers. The obviously not real brothers, but um Preston and Zadarius. So they're gonna need to replace that. They can't just cut t- two of their three best edge rushers and leave it be. And yeah. Next up we got the Dolphins selecting tackle Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. Uh, this is a nasty physical run blocker. Undisciplined. Gets, uh, I think he had 16 penalties last year uh, coming from the FCS level. But he's the guy who just wants to beat the crap out of the guy in front of him. And the Dolphins need some of that mentality on their offensive line. They were by far and away the worst line last year behind Tua Tagovailoa who... or In front of Tua, who was trying to do everything he could to make that offensive line look like not quite such a mess. Um, He is not the most solid pass protector, which is obviously a concern because you're wanting to help Tua. But he should be an upgrade over what they have right now and be a massive upgrade in the running game, which uh, Tua is very comfortable in the RPO system. So if they keep on doing that, then that should work out quite well for them so with the 30th pick i have the chiefs selecting wide receiver sky moore out of western michigan this is going to be a slot receiver for patrick mahomes get open underneath uh, be shifty get the ball in his hand near the line of scrimmage and let him get to work he's elusive fast and just brings an element to the offense that they don't really have right now at 31, I have the Bengals selecting guard Zion Johnson out of Boston College, and he's just a solid overall guard. He's not going to wow you, per se, in a lot of ways, but he's the type of player who you aren't going to notice, which is perfect for offensive line. You don't want to be... If the commentators are talking about you, unless you're making highlight plays, you're giving up sacks, which you do not want to be doing, and especially the Bengals don't want in front of Joe Burrow. They have put up just abysmal offensive lines, and somehow they still made the Super Bowl, which took them out of the running for a lot of the top offensive linemen. And so they're going to go with the guard. Obviously, you wish that they could have gotten a tackle, but they're making it work. (laughs) And last but not least, we got the line selecting number 32 overall, Edge Kingsley and Agbury out of South Carolina. And this is why I believe you draft Derek Stingley early. Because you're going to be able to get some solid players like Nagbury here when the cornerbacks left on the board just aren't the same um, caliber. This edge group is very deep. And Nagbury's got amazing upside. He's very, he's streaky. He takes, could be taking some plays off. When he's not there, you don't notice him. But when he's on, he is on. He gets wins, uh, quality wins against SEC opponents. And expect him to start off just maybe like a, as a posture specialist. They already got the Aquaras. Um, I kind of expect them to bring back Charles Harris. So he would be their third, fourth edge rusher if Trey Flowers, assuming he's gone. And he's very raw, but he's got the ups, this elite upside as he's proven he can win. In the SEC, despite being such a raw player. Alright, so that concludes my first ever mock draft, and also my first podcast. Uh, Let me know what you guys think, let me know who I was too high on, who I was too low on, who you think your team should be picking instead. I'm going to be back next week on Friday again, with a team-by-team breakdown of needs, and who's leaving as a little free agency primer, starting with the AFC, and then the next week I'll be doing the NFC uh if you're on youtube leave a like comment subscribe help spread this video if you're on apple music spotify leave a five star review and let me and help me get the word out uh thank you all for joining me and i'll see you guys next week